Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagai. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Donation. I am your host, Matt Bitsagai. I'm excited to be joined today by Tiffany Allen. So Tiffany has been in the child welfare field for the past 16 years. She's the founder and CEO of Boss on a Budget, which is a place where new and small nonprofit founders can learn all there is to know about starting and funding their nonprofits. And we are going to talk all about how to start and fund a nonprofit today. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Why don't you, if you don't mind, just take a couple of minutes and and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background and and how you came to uh, start Boss on a Budget. Sure. So I always tell people I come at this different ways. So I started my first nonprofit in 2015 as a project in grad school and it crashed and burned. And there are a lot of things that I learned um, in that process. And then years later, I I helped my ex start his nonprofit. And I was handling the administrative pieces of it while he was launching it. And I was failing all along the way. (laughs) And so there were so many things I learned because we were really bootstrapping Mm -hmm. and he was using a lot of his personal money to launch the nonprofit. And so I was Googling things like, how do you raise money when you don't have any money? Like, how do you get like this kind of funding? And there was nothing out there at least from the perspective of starting from scratch, Mm -hmm. right? Like there was a lot of information where people were talking over my head and using terms that I wasn't necessarily familiar with. At the same time on my job, I worked with national foundations and I saw how they fund nonprofits and it's not what people think. It's not through like the application and proposal process. A lot of it happens through relationships. So I started teaching on grant writing And then started teaching on startup because it all kind of came together Mm -hmm. and started sharing my experiences from my failures, really, from (laughs) launching nonprofits. And that's how I'm here. So now I teach weekly about startup, about how to get funding specifically for those who don't have a lot of money in the bank and are starting literally from scratch. That's awesome. And and so um, somebody has a great idea for a nonprofit and they, you know, they want to, they want to get this thing started. Like what are some of the things from your experience and just your expertise? What are some of the things you think that they should be considering before they ever even begin to start actually, you know, creating a nonprofit? What should they be thinking about? I like to think about this in terms of questions, like questions Mm -hmm. you need to ask yourself. So the first question you need to ask yourself is, is there even a need? Because sometimes the motivation for people to start is just because they want to do something good mm-hmm. or they want to help someone. But your idea of helping someone may not even be a need in your community. And there may not be a lot of demand for specifically what you want to do. And a lot of times there are organizations that are already doing that kind of work and have resources available. And a lot of the time, to- a lot of times the problem is people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So first you need to identify, is there a need? Can you fill a gap in your area? where your organization can provide some value. So absolutely start there. The next question you need to ask yourself, and this is a hard question for a lot of people, is why am I starting this? Mm -hmm. Is it to satisfy something in me or is it to address the needs of someone else? Because if your motivation to satisfy yourself is more than helping someone else, 
then in my opinion, you don't need a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You just need to give to charity. Or, or yep, yep. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to be loyal to the mission, not to your own feelings, not to your own dreams. It's the mission of the organization. And the mission is guided by what the needs are by the people you're serving or whatever you're addressing. Mm-hmm. And so this is something a lot of founders struggle with because they feel like this is my thing. This is my baby. I want it to look a certain way. But at some point you have to let go and let the organization be what it needs to be for your community. So ask yourself hard questions. Why do I want to do this? Is this really only about me or is it really to help someone else? And of course, you know, it could be a dream of yours to help people and you can still launch successfully, but it can't be the main reason why you're starting. And then I would ask myself two more questions. The next question is really important. How will I make money? Mm-hmm. Because people don't think about money when it comes to nonprofit and they don't realize that in order to continue to do good work, you need to have financial resources. And when people start, they think, oh, I'll just pay for things out of pocket or the grants will just magically come. And that's just not the case. So you need to think critically about like, where's our money coming from? What are the revenue streams we're going to use to make money? And then who's going to do it with me? Who's, who are my, you know, my people? Who's on my board? Who are the volunteers that are going to help me launch this thing? Because you cannot do this alone. Yeah, those are such good questions to be asking yourself. Um, and really a very complete, well thought out answer. So I appreciate <laughs> that. And I think that'll be really helpful to people that are yeah. kind of in that phase of saying, you know, I've got this idea, uh, you know, what should I be doing next? And I think you touched on a couple of really important points. You know, oftentimes there are already existing organizations that you might be able to come alongside and and help there and and they do have resources and so forth. But yeah, love that answer. Okay, so I've got the idea. I've asked myself all those questions and I still feel like it it makes sense to do this. So then what what are the first steps I take now that I'm actually ready to to go and start this nonprofit? Mhm. A lot of people think the first, like the next step after that is to fill out paperwork. And that's not the case. That's where people kind of rush to. But what I would do is I would sketch out what my mission and vision is. Because anybody that you need to attract or anything you need to do after that needs to identify what your mission is and what's the point of it all. So start with, you know, what's the reason I'm starting and why is this important? And that will help you identify what your mission and your vision is for your organization. And then you need to start assembling a board. And this is where a lot of people get hung up, right? They just put their family and their friends on the board and they don't think really critically about who can help them launch their vision, right? So you need to be thinking about a board immediately because you need varied perspectives. You need people who have a different flavor, a different way of looking at things to help you strategize to launch. And really like the correct process is you're supposed to vote on the process to incorporate, right? Like that meeting has to happen first. So you should already have a board in place before you do the paperwork. But a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And so they just immediately fill out the paperwork without meeting with anyone and just throw names on there. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is like, what are your goals? What are, what do you want to accomplish? You know, who do you want to serve? How many people do you want to serve? Start thinking about like tangible things you're going to complete in that first year, because that'll give you signals about like where to put your time and your effort. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I didn't actually, you know, realize that either that uh, technically you you should have that board in place beforehand and that makes a ton of sense. And I suppose also you may get to a point where if you're talking to those potential board members or board members where um, they help you circle back to some of those first questions that you were supposed to ask yourself before you Mm -hmm. even started and maybe thinking differently than you are about it that can help provide some different perspectives. So I I love that. Um, I know that, you know, we hear a lot of times people get really challenged in that state, in that phase of trying to get something started. And there's a lot of, I think, logistical things. There's a lot of, you know, everything from trying to figure out who those board members should be, but also just the challenges of dealing with entities like the IRS and your state, you know, the the state organizations that you or um, entities that you have to deal with. What are some of the biggest, like, challenges that you see in that phase from your past experience and just in the work that you do now? I love this question because it's always a simple answer when people ask me this. It comes down to two things, money and people. Yeah. And so like money is how do I make money? Where do I find the money? How do I raise it? How do I continue to raise the money even if I'm able to raise some startup funding? So a lot of people don't really understand what fundraising is. They think fundraising is just, I put out a campaign or I ask people one time and the money automatically comes. Or they think there's a magical grant out there and I'm going to write a stellar proposal. I'm going to hire a grant writer or get a volunteer grant writer to write this great proposal for me. (laughs) And then I'm going to get funding. And they have a lot of misconceptions about it. And it takes a while for them to take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that it's all about developing relationships and having like a compelling message. So that's the first struggle that a lot of people have. The second thing you already said it, it was, it's the board. It's like managing people. So even if it's not the board, if you have volunteers that are working with you or a set of advisors, how do you manage those relationships? And a lot of founders don't realize that this, I call it people work. Mm -hmm. Like you have to manage your people. You have to develop individual relationships with each board member. If you want them to be engaged and active, you can't just say we're having a meeting and then expect people to come and be fully ready to work because Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen like that. Right. So it takes a lot of time, effort and energy. And people get frustrated because they're like, why am I putting my energy into this when all I wanted to do was help someone? I really need to be spending time doing the work, not dealing with my board and their attitudes or dealing with their lack of engagement. So absolutely money and people are the two things that come up over and over again. Well, and we hear about it all the time. And I I often talk about, you know, we'll, we'll talk to founders who they start something because they care about the cause and the mission. And then the reality strikes that, oh, there's so much to this to just keep it going and to get it started. That is not what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And so I think it goes back to some of those, you know, even those early questions you mentioned, like really asking yourself, am I in, am I in it for all that stuff? Like, am I okay with doing those things? Cause yeah, raising money and, um, you know, it's a, it's a necessary part of all of this and, and people management. I think, yeah, absolutely agree with you there. Um, you know, I know there can be challenges. Like I, I always tell people like, make sure you're talking to the right people too, like accountants and so forth that can help guide you in the right process when it comes to those logistical pieces with 
filing the right paperwork and with the right agencies and, and getting, making sure you're tracking things the right way so that when it comes to the end of the year and you have to f- fill out a 990, you have all the right information. But let's say that we've, we've worked through this now. So we, we had this idea. We, we worked mm-hmm. through this, these questions. We have our board. Mm-hmm. We have agreed that we're going to do this. And we've even gotten to the point where we've gotten our status with uh, with the IRS. So we're now on approved 501c3. Like, what are the next things that I need to do now to try and like start the organizational development of this of this nonprofit? And are there certain processes that you should have in place before you ever really start or go any further? Well, the, the one thing I'll say to that is. And I know you know this, but I just want to say this clearly for the audience, like have, getting 501c3 status, is kind of like a validation. It's an important part of it, but you're already a nonprofit right. before you do that. So a lot of this planning and development happens before then. And 501c3 status is a part of that planning, right? It's a milestone you need to read, but you need to be doing the work before then. Um, so I like to tell people focus on certain plans. Mm-hmm. I like to keep it simple. So the first thing you need to think of is your strategic plan. And it does not need to be complicated because I know in the nonprofit world, you could have like really detailed strategic plans and it can be like a six, nine month process. I'm just saying, think about where you want to be five years from now. Mm-hmm. And then in this next year, what are the things you need to do to move the needle to get you there? So break that down year by year. So in the next year, what are the key goals you need to hit? to be able to, to move forward. And I like to tell people to think in terms of your programming, mm-hmm. think in terms of your admin or your, you know, like your overhead kind of stuff and think in terms of your fundraising and marketing. And the reason why I say that is because that's how the IRS kind of categorizes your expenses. Mm-hmm. So I just like to keep things really streamlined for people so they can think about it the same way. So figure out what your goals are, what you need to accomplish. And that translates into your budget. Because one of the things I didn't say about money is that people never have budgets. Mm-hmm. They never know how much they need to raise. They never know how much it costs to run their programming. And so when you look at your goals and what you want to accomplish, then that's your budget, right? That like translates to what it will take to be successful in the year. So you need to identify your expenses and then how are you going to pay for that? So the next step is your fundraising plan. What are the fundraising strategies you're going to put in place? to make sure you can cover your expenses and you have the cushion you need to continue to be financially sustainable. And then, so there's four things. So I'm hoping I'm not like no, <laughs> scaring anybody. Yeah, this is great. But the fourth thing is like your marketing, your visibility. Because mm-hmm. as a new organization, your visibility matters because you don't necessarily have the track record that other organizations have. But if you show up consistently, if you show the impact that you plan to make, if you establish yourself as an authority in your space, people begin to trust you and people begin to believe in what you're trying to do. So your visibility is really, really important as a newbie. So I always tell people to look at the the marketing as well. And how do you reconcile the fact, you know, okay, so I'm a new nonprofit. I really don't have any funding yet. I'm trying to figure all that out, but I need to go out and do all these things, the marketing and so forth. Like, how do you kind of guide them in, you know, ways to do that where maybe they don't have a lot of funds to do marketing and it's just this one founder and their board to get started? Like, do you have any tips or ideas on ways to kind of 
do guerrilla marketing or however, you know, however you would want to do it to try and, um, you know, get around those, those resource constraints that a new nonprofit's going to have? Well, the first thing I would say is make sure that you, the founder and the founding board are contributing financially to the Mm. organization. So it should be an expectation that everybody who decides to be on the board, they're legally responsible, they're ethically responsible for the organization, they're financially responsible. So even if it's $10 a month, even if it's $50 a month, because sometimes that's all people can do, people need to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And that can be really like literally the startup funding that you need to get your feet, pay your fees for the IRS or for the state. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about the the world we're living in right now in terms of your marketing, social media is free. Yep. And there are people who literally get on social media every day. And because they show up, people like them. Mm-hmm. They trust them. They'll recommend something and people will go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. And these people don't, aren't necessarily like any authority or don't have any certifications or anything like that. It's just because people feel a connection to them, they trust them. Mm-hmm. So I would absolutely leverage social media and show up and talk about whatever issue you're addressing, the problem you're solving, talk about your unique spin on it. What perspective do you have on that? Like, How can you comment on that? So people see you as an authority and begin to look to you as the answer in your community to this issue. And I would just start like when you're talking about guerrilla marketing, start meeting people in your local community. Yeah. Meet your local officials, let them know who you are, go to local associations or local clubs and local churches and start talking about what you're doing. Build your contact list and start communicating with them because you're taking them on a journey. Right. This startup journey isn't just for you and the board. It's for everyone else who believes in what you're doing. And I like to say you're building a movement. So like bring people along. And that's like the best way you can stay visible. And that's the best way you can get people to to trust you so they can get to you. Yeah. And you've kind of touched on this a little bit in that answer. But, you know, if I'm a new nonprofit and so I'm trying to figure out the marketing side of things, I'm trying to figure out all these things. What are a few of the... um things that you've seen be effective, like from a fundraising perspective, as I'm just getting started. And I think you kind of touched a little bit on it. It sounds like relationships, you're a big believer in relationship-based fundraising. So am I. So, uh, but do you have any other thoughts or, uh, you know, little things that you've seen be successful as people are just getting started when they're trying to raise those initial funds outside of like that board commitment? Mm -hmm. The first thing I'll say is make sure your ask is compelling Mm -hmm. and it's not just about you and you wanting to start something in your your community. So people who don't know you aren't necessarily drawn to your organization because just because you wanted to start something. They're more so drawn to what you're addressing. It's something that irritates them or it's something that they wish was better or mm-hmm. something they wish they could help. So align yourself in that way with that with your donors instead of making it about, hey, for a new nonprofit, give to us. Mm -hmm. So you really have to identify what is the thing that's going to get people to move? What is the thing that's going to get people to mobilize? What's the story behind it all? What's the why? And what is the hope you can bring to them? Because, you know, you want to irritate them and and make them think about there's an issue, but then you want to present the problem to Mm -hmm. them and let them see that they're with their money, they can help solve the problem. So you want to position that in that way. And too many times people go at it as, hey, I'm a new nonprofit. We're going to do something new in the community, give to us without even really appealing to what matters to the people who want to give. Yep. They don't necessarily care that a new organization is starting. 
they don't care enough to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. if you tell them, hey, with your money, we're going to make sure five people don't have to go through this problem that I know you see every day is an issue in our community, they'll care more. So yeah, I that- think that's the first thing people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one way to like to get people. That, that's something that I've seen as work. I love peer-to-peer fundraising. Mm-hmm. And when people are starting from the ground up, I tell everyone to do a peer-to-peer fundraising strategy, which is you're just getting people to raise money on your behalf. So you're getting people to tap into their own networks, to ask the people who already know them and care about them to give to a cause that they care about. Mm -hmm. And it's a really effective way when you don't have any donors to build your donor base. And I've seen it work over and over again. I help one organization raised over $100,000 just using peer-to-peer fundraising strategies. So I would definitely do that and make sure you're using technology Mm -hmm. right, to your advantage. Don't just collect cash and checks. Don't just use Cash App. (laughs) You know, use a donation platform, use all the technology that's available to you so you can be more effective and more efficient. And there's lots of tools out there that are, are, free or low cost for, especially for people getting started. You know, we have our donor doc has our free uh, online giving and donor management platform that, you know, we really are, are trying to make available for um, organizations to get started on the right foot. So they're not trying to deal with bad technology later. Um, exactly. Uh, are there any other tools that, you know, come to mind for you that you've seen be really successful in helping people as they're getting started? Beyond like a donation platform, which like you said, a lot of them are free now. So mm-hmm. there's really no limitation. <laughs> they yep. just collect the fee of the donation mm-hmm. and sometimes they allow the donor to cover the fee. Yeah. Um, I love Canva. Yep. So like it's a free graphic design app and it's really easy to use and you can design all kinds of things with it. So if you're not tapped into Canva, you should be. Yeah, it's great. Um, email marketing. So you should be communicating with your supporters and your donors on a regular basis through email. So there are a lot of services you can start off for free. So absolutely do email marketing. And just like you said, with DonorDoc, have a good CRM, like have a good donor relationship management system or database, whatever you you want to call it, but Mm -hmm. a place where you can keep track of the communication so that you can have a more streamlined process for asking money and fostering those relationships. Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could just offer one piece of advice to nonprofit executive directors, you know, whether it's more seasoned or, or new, uh, you know, new startup ones, like what, what is that piece of advice that you would offer up? Um, never forget the power of a relationship. Make sure you're investing in genuine connections with people. And when I teach people about fundraising, I like to tell them that the end goal is not the money. The end goal is the relationship. And when you seek the relationship, everything else will come and you'll get way more than money (laughs) when you, when you seek the relationship first. So that's what I would say, like never make this about the transaction, but make it more about the relationship with the person. I could not agree more with you. That is a very good answer and appreciate that. For our listeners who want to learn more about Boss on a Budget and the services that you provide, where can they they find you? What's the easiest way for them to find you? Sure. So the easiest way to find me is on YouTube. You just put in Boss on a Budget. I go live every Sunday night so you can see me there. 
or you can visit me at bossinabudget.com. And I'm also building a new community to help people who need help starting and launching to get that startup funding. So you'll find information about that on those two platforms. Awesome. And we will definitely include links to that in our show notes. Uh, Tiffany, the information you've shared has been really, really great. I, I so much appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come and talk to our listeners. And um, I'm excited to get this episode out to them. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow us and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. We appreciate, as always, that you chose to listen with us today and look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.